top, top of the morning to you. Hello and happy, happy, happy new year. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, are you excited? Can you feel the energy of excitement? Well, I tell you, if you can't, hopefully this message will encourage you to begin to do so. I'm excited not only because it's a new day. Hello, I'm at the top of the morning. I'm on the 3 a.m.-ish. And this is the amazing thing. You know, when the Spirit of the Lord awakened me, and I had fell asleep in an upright position because I've been working on getting information, information for better sleep, for better health, for better energy, for better livelihood. So, you know, as a prelude, up until coming into the year of 2024, this is where I have been focusing my energy. In the last three months of 2023, I began to invest my energy into finance, into faith, and into fulfilling uh, my body in a different dimension. You know, the body needs to be fueled with different things in order to add longevity to your life. So I've been searching and researching different herbal supplements and different foods and and then my finances to make preparations on what to purchase coming into 2024. That's right. And you know, now that we are here, I tell you, I'm so excited. This, this, This new year is a beginning of a time filled with self reflection, self improvement, and more importantly, a time when we should use encouraging words. Even if it's nothing but a few. You know, for many years, I've listened to people in my ear. Whenever things didn't go right, they always put those Debbie Downer or or Dave Doubting words to come out of their mouth. And they oftentimes relate those words to their own lives. I always say there are words that should go into the garbage disposal. Y'all know the words. And so what happens to people in their journey of life that takes them to such a place to place discouraging words over their own lives? But and this is the this is the part to me that never matched and never made sense. But if somebody else agree with them or turn around and use the same exact words to speak to them that they speak to themselves, they got the audacity to get an attitude. But that's one of the things in this new year that's going to make the determination to accelerate the best life ever or to diminish to a place of darkness is how you begin to cultivate your conduct and your character. I know many of you, if you're my regular followers, you've heard me say oftentimes throughout the years, just because you feel a thing doesn't make you right. And I've lost I've lost touch with 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 comprehending. Listen to me, I've lost touch with comprehending just authentic humanity in many people because I come to notice the majority of the people live off of their feelings. I never never thought that I would be able to live in a dispensation of time where people honor their feelings like their feelings is a God. And however their feelings tell them to act, however their feelings tell them to talk, walk, and quack, that's what they do. And it's like, God, where are you highlighted in people's lives anymore to obey your word? Because the, if we walk in obedience to your word, we can't act the way our feelings always dictate and tell us to do. We can't say the things we want to say. We can't treat people the way we elect to treat them just because we feel like doing it. And expect, this is the key word, and expect 
to make it to heaven. Now, of course, in human beings, in human natures, we can enact up and act out any kind of way we want. But make no mistake, if you haven't begun to, to cultivate your conduct and character, the year of 2024 is a year of considered release. When you look at the scripture, every seven years, there was a, a, a recompense of release. So the years that ended in seven, like from 2000 to 2007, when 2007 came, that was a year of release. And then you count seven more years from that. So generally, based upon the perception of counting by seven, it's generally the years that end in seven and the years that end in four. Because if you start out from seven to count seven more years, it's going to be 14. And and, and so you take off the one and you add the four. I know that may seem a little, but this is okay. Well, let me put it this way. This is the way I keep up with the years of release. Because if you start from 2007 and then you count eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, then you in the year 2014. Then you count from 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, wait a minute, 17, I got off track. But listen to me, from the year 2017, that's what you keep up with. Every seven years after the number seven, that's that's the way I do. So every seven years after the number seven. Listen to me. Let me repeat that. Every seven years after the number seven. And you stay in sync with every number that every year that ends in seven. It should be considered a year of release. And seven years after that. So it may kind of synchronize where it's actually three years and seven years. Which three is profound for the Trinity. So if you get to the year of, for example... 2020-2024. So three years from now, we'll be back to the number seven. So you see how that sequence, the Trinity and seven. So you look at the number because there's always a there's always a, a profound power in names and numbers. I I I'm I'm telling you, I started a book. And I know sometimes I release too much. But anyway, the, the book is What's in a Name and What's in a Number? And I started it about three years ago. And then I put projects to the side. But listen to me. And it may not be somebody else may have done some years ago. I'm just talking about what the Holy Spirit had, had given to me. The power of the name and the number. So when you look at every year that ends in seven, that represents that year of release. And, and and when you release, it, it was pardoning the debt that people had accumulated. It was pardoning release of anything that was negative and derogatory. You don't hear me now. So now we're so then you count three years from 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 that. Like we in 2024, and you count three years, we'll be in 2027. So we're gonna come into another year of release. Now, once you hit year 2027, then you're going to count seven more years. And then you're going to be again in the year 2034. So this is how you stay in the sequence of release time. It's seven years and then three years and then seven years. Okay. So now we're into the year from 20. From 2017, seven years is 2024. So this represents the year of release. And then in three years, we're going to get another year of release, which will be 2027. Okay, so now that we're caught up in that comprehensive understanding, I want you to understand. So the, the this year beginning is a time full for self-reflection. Because you want to know what's in yourself you want to release. Listen to me. Self-reflection to offer self-release. It's not just about releasing debt. It should be about releasing what the Holy Spirit gave to me. is bitterness, anger, 
clamor, and malice. On my Facebook page, I listed two scriptures that people can reference for the year of release as well as for releasing in your conduct and your character. And when you release all of those things in your conduct and your character, let me tell you what's going to begin to occur. Then what's going to begin to occur is God is going to supernaturally begin to release debt from people. He's going to supernaturally begin to release sickness. He's going to supernaturally begin to release illnesses. He's going to supernaturally begin to release reprobated states of mind. It's so much concern. He's going to release people from being overweight. It's so much people are going to get released from when they release the bitterness, the anger, the clamor, and those conducts in their character that's not pleasing to God. So when we, we, we begin with starting out, hopefully praying, you know, somebody called me at the beginning of New Year and I didn't immediately answer. And when I called them back, they said, they said, oh, you know what I thought about? You probably was on your knees praying. Because they know that's customary for me for New Year's. And I actually had, I had rolled out the bed, fell on my knees, and began to pray. But when the phone rang, I had left from the side of the bed and went on another room, but I was still praying. So I made up in my mind, once I finished, then I go back to my phone and I call whoever that was that called back. So if you did not bring the year in praying, listen to me. You is never too late to begin praying. You know, praying is something that you can always do just like food. It's always available. Prayer prayer and air. Let me put it that way. Prayer and air is always available. All you have to do is inhale and exhale. And, and that's the same with praying. So, you know, if you didn't start out the year, then it's still early in the year. It's just the second day. But don't let the third day. And when you pray, listen to me. One of the things that I pray for coming into the new year is the things that I desire for God to do. And I, one of the most things I pray for is you pray for your family. Hopefully, if you have any type of family love, you pray for your family. You pray for yourself and you pray for your family. So I began starting out, you know, praying for my family, honestly. And I prayed and asked God if he would guide them to see him in in his infinite power that he has show them cultivate a relationship in their lives where they can be able to acknowledge you in all of their ways and you will direct their path. And then I move from the parents to the children because if the parents in their house, if they don't raise their kids right because they ain't right, then they ain't helping their children. So I, I prayed and I said, God, help the parents. And let them get a solidified life, a life without so much confusion and chaos. And then they will begin to cultivate and and coach and teach their children in a better way. Because how many of you know that as long as children live in a house where there's a dysfunctional head, where the person in charge, where the person that leads and guides them, then it's going to affect them. And that's something that I shared with someone about a week ago. I said, let me share something with you concerning my coaching method, especially when it comes to kids. I don't make a habit. And I said, I don't know about anybody else coaching style, but I'm going to tell you how God led me. And God led me in 2003. But it was based on some experiences that I obtained doing some workshops back in the 90s. I hosted several workshops back in the 90s and in the year 2000. 
because I was in federal service and I was what they call a AmeriCorps VISTA leader. And in that leadership position, I dealt with many parents and many children. I had in my portfolio at least 300 children in the portfolio of the programs that I worked to collaborate. And they did news, TV, media. I mean, it was just uh, uh, religious magazines, newspaper articles, you know. So the, 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 the program became known, well-known locally. Listen to me, you got to grab this. So in that particular program of collaborating and in organizing, there were a total of 300 children. And let me tell you why I got to where I'm not big on inserting myself in people household that's raising kids. Okay, but in that program, listen, you got to grab this with all those children. I had to taper myself down by listening to a man named Bo Mosley because I got frustrated one day and I was sitting at my desk and he stopped by and he was my director at the time. And I said, you know, Bo, I just, I just don't understand. It's like all that I put and poured into these children. It's like they'll go home to the dysfunction of their parents And they come back the next day and it's like, I haven't done anything because they get caught up in their environment that they have to live in. And so all the work I'm pouring in is like of non effect. And I never shall forget these words that Mr. Bo Mosley said to me. He said, well, Miss Alfredo, out of all these children, if you can just help one, you've made a difference. Just if you can just help one. And God allowed me to receive a personal praise report because I did run into one of those kids years later. And they told me, they said, Miss Frida, that program that I was in, that saved me. Because a lot of the things you poured into me, and I tell you, I stood there and cried. They was they was work they was going to college and they was working out a subway and I happened to see them at that subway. And they said, you know, I saw a lot of my friends, they went to jail, they went to prison, some of them got killed, a lot of them kept doing a lot of things, but you, the things you used to talk about and say it made a difference. And that was one of those aha moments where I thought about Bo Mosley when he said, if you can just help one child, you've made a difference. And I let that become one of my slogans and my motto, even in my coaching. If I can just help one person, I know I've made a difference. And that right there, that kept me in a place of humility. You got to grab this. But you know what I also learned, though? The complication of trying to pour into children that go back into a toxic or live in a toxic environment. And so now I'm very mindful and watchful. It depends on the type of parent. I put it that way. But if a parent is real toxic in their thinking, if a parent is real toxic in their talking and their conduct and character, I I try to stay away from their kids because it's, it's really, really counter counterproductive if it makes sense it's like no matter what you pour into that child if they day in and day out in that toxic environment then let me tell you make no mistake all of us listen to me all of us will conform to our environment in some shape form or fashion don't delude yourself don't 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 sit in a seat of delusion i'm telling you your environment makes a difference to your conduct and your character in some shape, form, or fashion. It may not do it 100%, but it's going to have some percentile of effect. 
So when there are children that's being raised around people with toxic behavior, toxic words, toxic personalities, y'all know what toxic means? Things that are unclean. You listen to their conversation, they're in the habit of saying unclean words. They're in the habit of acting with unclean personalities. So make no mistake, I already know their children is going to be affected by it. And how, however deep the damage is to the parent, this is the, this is what's going to, that child or children will have to be detoxed in their adult life. And unless that parent break the cycle, and this is where I'm at today with this message, who are ready to break the cycle, especially if you're raising other innocent people. Now, if it's just you and you all alone and you by yourself and you don't have any children, you don't have no chick, no child or no spouse. Hello. Then, you know, you can really work better on yourself. But now people who are caught up with children and see, this is what happens. And I learned this in in monitoring these 300 children. See, I don't talk to people from a place without none experience. So with these 300 kids, I'm going to tell you something I learned because I listened to the children and I talked to the children. That was their complaint. And they was afraid to tell their mother or their daddy how, because there were some kids in the program that came from households with single dads. They were afraid to let them know that they were the culprit and the cause for them acting up and acting out. So you had parents that would say, I don't know what's wrong with my kids. And why they do this or why they do that? And then, but they didn't realize they were the culprit. And then I find myself, because sometimes parents will ask me, because, you know, I raised five children. And they said, well, how you did it? I, I said, let me tell you, to be honest. I can't relate to what you're going through from experience because my kids didn't act like that. But see, you know what? They didn't act like that because I didn't act like them mamas or them daddies. You see what I'm saying? That's the difference. And a lot of times parents get stuck to the place they don't realize that the damage that the children are acting up and acting out from, then a lot of times that's a reflection of who's teaching them. And what kind of talk and example that they're putting over these kids. And let me tell you one of the things that I can tell you for certain that most people don't want to work on because they fall to their feelings is a strength. And one of the things I made sure to, to allow my children to see is my strength. They didn't see me fall apart and fall out with folks. Even if I did it, I did not display it. That's the key. You cannot display your feelings that are toxic over your children and expect them not to mimic you and show you toxic feelings. It becomes a domino effect. So in this year, I think the only way that people can get their self on track and their household on track is begin to do something different than what they've already done. You know what the Bible says, that as as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So when people start having that, that thinking that's always toxic, that thinking that everybody is against them, nobody is for them. Most of the time, this is how they reflect upon their own children and they'll teach them those habits that's not healthy instead of standing strong. You know, and and even when, you know, people was against me for many years, but my children didn't hear that. My children didn't sense that or see that. I didn't start sharing some of this stuff until recently when they got good and grown where they can handle hearing things. I think it's a sad, pitiful parent that put too much toxic and, and ill feel and ill will into a child's mind. And you can never take that out of a child's mind. And so therefore, they help create the damage to their own seeds. I was saying to one of my children yesterday when I had made the comment about not fooling with family. And I said, I had a relative, I had an uncle to call me and ask me, why would I say such a thing? And so I said, I said to him, oh, I'll be more than happy to give you that answer. So I did a roll call. 
And I said for years when I sat still, you would come and visit another cousin, another cousin, and you never stopped by my house. You didn't fool with me. See, this ain't just come out the blue. This is something that I've been watching from the time I was a teenager. And I said, I can talk to you and tell you, the people that can't, you never came to see me. You drove all the way and you was in that city and you made a point to visit many people, but you never knocked on my door. So this ain't because people don't look at, see, I keep it 1,000. I said, y'all didn't fool with me. I got another relative. I said, as an auntie, no matter how many times they came and left through Georgia, they never stopped at my house. So listen, don't don't act like this. What I'm saying is not valid. And it's valid based upon y'all grown folks that never came and knocked on my door when you was right there and probably next door to where I was living or, or skipping a hop. So this ain't something that I'm just throwing out in the wind. This is something that I've been observing for years. So when I see that my own folks and family didn't fool with me, so now here I am in my 60s, and I'm not missing nothing that I never had. If they didn't fool with me, and then the one or two that did, let me tell you something, one of them, it was just for convenience, to be able to be a pit stop between one spot to another and not having to pay for no hotel and room and board. And I know and saw and understand, and that was okay. I embrace that and still open my door. But let me tell y'all something. I don't say stuff just to say stuff. I observe first. I watch. And that's why I'm saying in this season, let me tell y'all something. If you've been watching and waiting and watching and waiting, God is going to severance. And this year, all the people that always mistreat you, The people, when I say mistreat you, is who show you that rude and nasty conduct. A lot of people are going to lose their kids. A lot of people are going to lose their loved ones that have shown them love. A lot of people are going to lose friendships. And let me tell you something. I'm not saying this to be me. I'm talking about release. Oh, glory. God is releasing. He's releasing and severance ties with people who've been but nasty and didn't have to be nasty. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Because they feel it's told them how to act up and act out. And see, God know that everybody got feelings. But all the other people in the world, they ain't feelings. They make them hang up and cuss you out and call you and, and act up and act out and all this stuff. Because if they did, them people probably would have been stopped fooling with them. And be glad to tell folks, oh, no, she did. She cussed me out and hung up on me. So, you know, if, if people start treating people the same way they treat folks, then, then they might feel it. But that's not in my conduct and character because I got the answer to what I do and not what somebody else do. But I want to tell you in this year of release, a lot of people are going to be sad. Because they have damaged a lot of relationships. Listen to me. Listen to me. Let me help you if you are one of those individuals. I want you to sit down today and get you a piece of paper. And every relationship that God allowed you to connect with and cultivate, how long did it last? See, this is what you look at. People so quick to want to blame somebody else. But I got friends from friends on top of years and years and years and years that I can call and revert and go back to and deal with and don't need to step back and say, first off, let me apologize because the way I detached our friendship. But you look at people when they meet and connect with people. Can they go back? Can they reconnect with people because they left in a good way? They left on a good note. If every year in your life, you find yourself with no friends and no family, then trust me, the other people is not the problem. Hello? I I just think I need to pour that out there. I listen to people sometimes. It's one thing to have a private life. I get that. I know there are people who embrace their privacy and they don't want to engage, but that don't mean they leave a trail of bad people with bad tastes in their mouth. Listen to me. I know somebody personally, they have a very private life, but there's a lot of people that love them, that adore them, and, and because wherever they've cultivated and made relationships, everybody say the same thing. Ooh, she's so sweet. Ooh, she's so nice. Ooh, she's so kind. Ooh, she's so... Li-. They never have nothing bad to say. 
about this person. Now, you got people that may be jealous of the way they look and the way they dress. But overall, I'm saying when you ask anybody, they'll say, oh, yeah, she's so sweet. Oh, she's so... But she don't deal with nobody. She live a private life. But yet, she haven't made it where people reject her because they say, oh, uh-uh, I can't do her. She full of drama. Oh, I can't do her. I tried to be there and help her, but she act up and act out on me, or she talked to me this kind of way and that kind of way. See, she don't have those reports. So you can be private and be a very pleasant person, what I'm saying. But if you private because you choose to think that you don't need people and I ain't got to have no friends, but you want people to be there for you, make it match and make it make sense. Because people not going to be there for you when you speak that type of toxic. Like, I don't need no friends. I don't need no this. I don't need. Okay, well, then God will bring it to pass. That's why I'm telling you in this message, stop speaking toxic talk. If you don't mean what you say, that's the first thing a lot of people need to start with in this year. If your conduct and character is always out of sort, you may want to start with minding what you say. If your feelings act up and act out, that may be the time. The first thing to start working on is when your feelings start stirring up, shit up. Hello, let me repeat that. When you feel your feelings to start to stir up, shut up. That means don't say nothing. Go on mute. Try that. Because then that way you may be able to hold on to some good relationships. I'm just saying, when your feelings start to act up, let your mouth shut up. Because if your feelings act up and your mouth open up, you may say some things to push people even further away. And this is not the year. Because this is the year of release. God is releasing people to the place that they don't have to keep dealing with them type of relationships. If you've been using people, manipulating people, manipulating people, God is releasing them people from you. And a lot of times people feel and they get in their feelings because they feel that they've been used. But let me tell you something. When you know what you're doing, nobody can use you. Nobody can use you. If you know that you got a heart to be a blessing, nobody's using you. Whenever I release and I give to somebody, I don't never see nobody using me because I'm not slow, dumb, and stupid. I know exactly what I'm releasing. So if I'm releasing something that God instructed me to release, how can anybody use me if they don't never speak to me again? If I did it because God instructed me to do it, I already know God is going to bless me. Trust me, when the Bible says, listen, you got to grab this. When the Bible says, I will bless those that bless you. And it says, I will curse those that curse you. Some people don't understand the depth of that scripture. God was talking to Abraham. And there are certain divine people that God has placed in positions in the earth. And he placed them to be in a a position to stand in the gap. See, the reason Abraham was considered the father of many nations, because Abraham stood in the gap. Abraham knew how to intercede. He knew how to pray for the people, even the people who couldn't understand him. And this is what God looks at the heart. See, man looks at the outer. God looks at the heart. God knows the heart of those people who, you know what, they're going to pray for you in spite of how you treat them. They're going to pray for you in spite of how you've done to them. They're going to pray for you in spite of how you lied on them, how you talked about them, how you did things to manipulate and manipulate them. They and they ain't going to just pray any kind of prayer. They're going to pray good prayers. Them the people that God see their heart. And they're going to pray for God to bless you even though you just finished cursing them out. They're going to pray for God to turn things around in your life even though you tried to do anything you could to damage their lives. They're going to pray for God to bless you when you're sick, to heal you when you're diagnosed. They're going to pray for God to position money on your pathway. When God see people with them kind of hearts, oh God help me today. Then God gonna say, I'm gonna bless everything you put your hands to the plow. But listen to me. When God see people that mistreat and do wrong by certain people whose heart is always compassionate enough that no matter how they've been treated, they still going to show a, 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 a God that I'm going to pray good prayers for that person. Because I'm going to tell y'all something. 
Everybody don't do that. Listen to me. Everybody, when people get angry, upset, and mad, not only will they not pray good prayers for you, they'll speak things to happen to come over your life. That's them people with them cruel hearts and them evil hearts. You know, when time they get angry, they want something bad to happen to you. I don't met some people like that. I'm just saying hello. But this is the thing. When God see people that no matter how they mistreat it, and then they'll still say, you know what? I'm going to still pray that God bless them. I'm going to still pray that good things happen, that miraculous doors open, that God do. Let me tell y'all something. Let me tell you something. If you don't learn nothing else from what I talk about, those are the people that had the heart like Abraham. And God is always going to bless those people. When somebody blessed them people like that, God is always going to bless the hand that blessed people with those type of hearts. And God, listen to me. I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were saying to me that God had cursed a person's life. And I listened right quick and I said, God do curse people. People curse themselves, but God do curse people. Because at first I was thinking, what are they talking about? God God cursed a person's life. And say because the way they treated somebody, God cursed that person's life. And then the scripture, the Holy Spirit, see, this is what it'll do. It'll bring things to your remembrance. And I couldn't dispute the person because the Bible said, I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. So they was telling me about a person when God cursed the person's life because how the way they had mistreated another kind person. And I said, mm. And God said, but you, you, you know, cause that is true. And that's why when people used to ask me, well, why I got to take the high road? No, you don't have to take the high road. You don't have to take no road but what you feel like you can take. But just understand there's a repercussion for every action we do. Listen, people, in this new year, you need to get this if you don't get anything else. For everything you do. The Bible say in words and in deeds, there's a repercussion. There's a consequence for every choice you make, whether you choose to be kind or you choose to be nasty, whether you choose to be cute or you choose to be cruel. There's a consequence. Make no mistake. It's called reaping with your soul. Hello? So when that person, it still results back to that person, the way they treated somebody, when God allowed that curse to come upon them, actually, in, in retrospect, they actually cursed their own lives because of the way they treated somebody. And so God allowed the curse to come upon them. That's why I'm encouraging people to read Romans 1. And uh, I think it starts at verse 24. Through 32, I'm telling you, this is what the Bible said put away from. And God has allowed some people to go for years and years and years and years and years and years with them nasty, jacked up attitudes. But this is the year of release. If you want to relieve yourself and you want to turn things around in your life. Now, let me tell you, it's going to be just like any other addiction. Because that's been a bad addiction in some people's lives for years. They've been stuck on that. But they can start with baby steps. And God can deliver people and bring them out. God is a healer. He's a deliverer. And he set captives free. But people got to humble themselves. See, that's the key word. You got to humble yourself. And in humility, you come as a child. You got to push past all them feelings and emotions that tell you you got some rights and some privileges to act like and be like. You got to, you got to drop all of that. You got to drop all of it. You got to come you got to come surrendering. Let me give you a few scriptures to take you into the new year so that you or your family can be blessed in this new year. That's the key thing. So you got to you got to put you a slogan for the year. If you want to the key word is is this year blessings to be released upon you and your family. You and your family, but it's going to start with your conduct and your character. So how are you going to start changing things and turn things around? You must begin to humble yourself. All them big, bad, bold, I got the right to feel this way. I got the right to act that way. Yes, you do. 
and all those actions and ways, how far has it got you? Has it got you in a place that right now you have a full spectrum of mental, emotional, and physical peace? See, that's how you know that if what you're doing is you okay. Is God blessing you and moving you in a way that you got peace? Peace that surpasses all understanding. That's the part. See, because people can go out and buy stuff and things and be stuck in debt. And then in a few months after this, that stuff and things is just going to be sitting over in a corner being stuff and things. And they caught up in all these expenses. If you didn't, if you went in this shopping season, if people didn't buy the right things. And, and, and if you ask me, the way kids are now, they don't really need nothing but a handheld device, a cell phone, and some clothes and shoes. I'm just saying, hello. All that other stuff, you know, I'm just saying, unless they teeny tiny kids, they may enjoy some toys. I don't even know if them kids like playing with toys anymore. But this is the thing. You want God to bless you. You want God to bless your family. You want to be blessed to know that you have friends. Friends that matter in your life. Friends in this new year that you know that helps you to prosper. Friends that help you to be in good health and happiness in this new year. You want to make sure that the Lord position you in places to be successful and succeed in your career. Or that God just will resolve the conflicts this year that you've had. And when God resolved those conflicts, stop creating chaos in the midst of it. Sometimes people take things so personal that ain't that serious. But you want to make sure that God bless you with the might and the strength to be able to take a stand. And show a conduct of strength for every problem that you got to head on and emerge into. You want a, you want a strength from God. And he can give you that strength and that power. I'm a living witness. Hello, I can raise my hand. I used to cry sometimes. But you know what? I waited at night till my children were asleep and good and sleep. And then I wouldn't cry while I made a lot of noise. But yeah, I had to cry. But I didn't let them see me just ranting and raving ah, and all that carrying on. And No, they, they, they can't never tell you they seen any of that. I'm just saying at any point in time, even during my grief, I'm just saying, when my dad passed away, they, can't, they ain't got no scarred memories that I stuck through the house uh, hollering and screaming and oh and all this and falling out and passing. I didn't, I didn't terror, terror, terrorize their minds like that. Because, see, when a child is not accustomed, now, some of y'all parents, y'all children might be used to seeing y'all act like that. But when a child is not accustomed to seeing that, it can put trauma in them. And, and it can make them traumatic to say, I remember that time something happened where my mama or my dad just, like, they lost control. So, it, it was, it, it, see, I had a walk with God where I understood the fruits of the Spirit. And in those nine fruits of the spirit, listen to me, you got to grab this. Y'all need to get them, write them down, start out the year with walking in them. Better yet, I have a, a good plan and formula in a book. It's available on Amazon. The title of the book is Ladies, What Did God Say? What Are You? And that book, it, it depicts the nine gifts of the spirit. It gives a breakdown of them. It tells you how to formulate your conduct and your character to match them. And, and the last spirit out of those nine spirits is self-control. So you always want to maintain a self-control. And even if you're grieving, even if you're crying, even if you're angry, even if you upset, just like Jesus, Jesus was upset and he got angry. But listen to me about anger. Anger can still be executed with self-control. You don't have to act out of control to be angry. And, 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 and when Jesus turned over the tables, he wasn't out of control. He turned them tables over because them the tables that the people was, was gambling and money changing on. So he was like, y'all ain't going to use these. But just because he turned them over, that's just like anything. If you turn over a plate, that don't mean you out of control. 
But this is the thing. Even with the word of God, he put a time limit on anger. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. When Jesus said, be, you know, be angry and sin not. And how do you move into the dispensation of sin when you're angry? When you can't humble yourself and go back and apologize. So now you've moved into the sin because you, now you got unforgiveness in your heart. And then when he put a time limit on it, he didn't say be angry for two or three days or next month or next week. He said, don't allow the sun to go down on your anger. So what does that mean? That means even if you get angry, there's a time limit. Hello, that you should be angry. If it passes into the next day, then you've gotten to the point of bitterness. And bitterness creates unforgiveness. See, they all work hand in hand. If you read first, I mean, Romans chapter one and verse starting, I think of verse 24, they all go hand in hand. And if you find yourself where you can't repent and apologize to a person before the sun go down that day, then the longer you hold it and hold it, it starts to mold it and mold it into unforgiveness. And your feelings will start dictating and telling you, you got the right. And then sooner or later, your right will turn into a wrong. And this is when God begins to allow your life to go on. He said, because people chose to follow their own vile affections. You wanted to go by what you felt. Never mind, this is not what God say do. God give us explicit instructions. He said to respect our elders. He said to respect, honor those that have rule over you. I'm saying, and he said elders are reduced double honor. And it's not about who, who right and who wrong. It's about who going to obey the word of God. And this is what people feelings get trumped. See, your feelings are always trumped if it if it encourages you to disobey the word of God. Your feelings don't they ain't relevant in heaven. Let me put it that way. If your feelings instruct you to disobey the word of God, they are not relevant in heaven. And at the end of the day, that's all our bodies are, are, are going to consume. Heaven or hell. That's our ultimate eternal home. And if anybody want to hold on, this is a a year of release. I'm saying, you you, you know, this year of release will not reoccur again until 2027. So if you want to release this year, because if you don't make it through this year of release, let me tell you something. The next two years until 2027, how many years that's going to be? 2024, three years, it's going to be real hard for people. And, and and people, a lot of times, listen to me, you got to grab this. A lot of times, this is where a lot of people move into mental illness. They don't pay attention to the things that I'm saying. It's just like a full moon. You know, it's sometimes what people say, this when you cut your hair for it to grow or other things. Listen to me. When I'm talking about the year of release, it is important for people to release these things and the earlier in the year you can do those things you can begin to work on your conduct and character the better it will help you throughout the year if you think you should wait to march or may or june or whatever or wait till people make a move then let me tell you something you're gonna be left behind and the and, and it's up to you so may the lord empower you and give you a confidence and a faith To do well in your atmosphere. To do well when it comes to committing your ways unto the Lord. That God will send you into places where people pray for you in this coming year. You know, a lot of people have strayed away from that. Who can you call that you know will pray for you? I mean, and that you know going to pray an earnest prayer. It's like people don't even try to keep the importance of those relationships. They don't care how they act and talk and treat people. And then they'll turn around and want them to pray for them. And then they see what God moves in those prayers. You know what I'm saying? But, but then they, it's like it, it's thrown out the wonder. So this is my prayer. That may everybody be blessed in this new year. With the fullness of friends, family, and success. And that they will enjoy 
the special times of this year with those who they love and that the Lord bless them with all the happy and healthy ways of of living and that their lives would just be full of sincere, listen to me, sincere people, sincere success and sincere services and that they will just learn how to love. A lot of times people just never learn how to love. They use that word but they don't they don't mean it. They don't even know how. They just say it because they liars. Hello, I'm just saying. <laughs> they liars. And I listen to them tell them lies. And see people don't realize but every time they tell that lie, they bring more damage to their lives. They do better not to even say it if it's not true. Because let me tell you something. Every time the devil gets somebody to tell a lie, he creates damage in their lives. People need to stop lying about stuff that they don't know and they haven't learned. So on this on this on this new year, I want to share with you some scriptures. First one is praise be to God. And the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his grace and mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's 1 Peter 1 and 3. Listen, you want to quote these prayers. You want that new hope. You want to feel them when you quote them. You don't just want to be quoting scriptures this year. You want to feel the scriptures. You want to walk in them. You want to hide them in your heart. You want them to be a part of your everyday life. Then the next one, for I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. You want that this year. God has let you see this year. Let this year be about the plans that God has for your life. Stop looking at everybody else's life. Stop looking at everybody else's life. Let me preach that again. Stop looking at everybody else's life and begin to cultivate the purpose and plan that God has for your life. What are you sitting here to do? The next scripture, and that was, I'm sorry, that was Jeremiah 29 and 11. Jeremiah 29 and 11. The next scripture is 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. I will be launching a class in 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 very soon i will put the date out uh concerning this scripture therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creature all things have been passed away behold all things have became new second corinthians 5 and 17 now in my class is 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 a 40 day journey with jesus and when behold all things become new because the, the the pivotal scripture of this class is having the mind of Christ let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus and what we do we go over the four gospels Matthew Mark Luke and John if you are interested please reach out contact me if you want to sign up the class is free and and is hosted on 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 zoom if it's more than two people if i get more than two if it's just two people or three we may do it over the phone but if it turns into more than two people i usually take it to zoom but if you know if you want to go on with the class i may even do the class actually on my podcast while i am recorded so that way people can go along with if they want to go along with we covered the 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 four gospels matthew mark luke and john and i've been doing this now this will be my fourth year actually i think okay and the next two scriptures i got two more real quick The next one is Ecclesiastes 9 and 7. Ecclesiastes 9 and 7. Go, eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart. For God has already approved what you do. So for those of you who are walking in the right conduct and character this year, listen, God is bringing that joy. God is bringing that that supply. 
of what you need because your heart is merry. You it's a your bread. That means we back again. Stop worrying about what your mama, sister, daddy, brother, auntie, uncle, what they doing and didn't do. Listen, it's about your bread. And are you eating your bread with joy? Are you thankful that the things God has done for you? Because when you find yourself in that position of thanksgiving and gratitude, you won't be in your feelings about nobody because you'll be too busy being grateful. Well, let me say I am. I am so grateful and excited. I'm so busy being grateful about all that God is doing for me. I don't sit around and dwell on and worry about how somebody treated me. Because as long as I know I'm, I'm not the culprit, then I keep moving on in my day with excitement and joy and happiness and cultivating the friends and families that I do have, that I know that's there, that I can call and talk and laugh with. And everything is always peaceful. We never ended on a note where it wasn't peaceful. You know, that's what I'm cultivating, that right there. And not because it's something I did, but because we both have enough maturity to know how to end the conversation without all the unnecessary drama. I'm just saying. So I cultivate that. So I eat and drink my bread with joy and my wine with a merry heart. That's what that means. You don't have to literally drink wine. But, okay, the last scripture is... Is First Chronicles 16, 11 and 12. First Chronicles 16, 11 and 12. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders that he has done. His miracles and the judgment he pronounced. That is a very profound scripture to carry for this year. Look to the Lord for his strength. So oftentimes we think it's us, but I pray for God to give me strength and for God to guide and order my steps and to show me the best way and the right way. I seek his face and I don't seek a physical face because I know God is a spirit. Everything in heaven is a spirit. So I just like it. It's like I be in this midst of the cloud and the wind and then I can hear his voice and he he guides me and he order my steps. And so I re- begin to remember the wonders that he has done, the miracles and the judgment that he pronounced. So I'm scared of God's judgment. So I be trying to be mindful of the things I do and the things I say. So I just wanted to say to each and every person today, as you move forward in this new year, you know, understand that every gift that anybody has, it comes from God. It's no more time to be envy, to be jealous, to be bitter, to be angry. As human beings, we are all made in different shapes, forms, and fashions, different cultures, and different colors. But the most important thing is this. Everybody, and I and I can't stress this enough, everybody have feelings. If a person is breathing, they got feelings. So when people get to thinking they get the right to, to act up and act out because of their feelings, let me tell you, everybody got a right. And they can do that if they choose. But for the people who don't choose to act up and act out, that's because they have learned by the strength of God to exercise self-control. And God gives us strength to teach us and show us how to love people, how to embrace people, how to laugh and not act up and act out. And I know a lot of times people say that that, that they that they have... Um, a lot of things that go on in their life because of physical, physical ailments. But let me tell you something. In spite of whatever mental or physical ailment we have, one thing God has granted the ability to do in all of us, and that's show love. I've seen people with mental illness. I've seen people born with disabilities that has disfigured them in all types of ways in constant medication. They was born, I'm just saying, with speech impediments. All I'm just saying, uh, 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 you know, diagnosed. But yet those people are still kind. 
they're still loving. I've seen people with patients like that. So just because people have these mental illness and medication don't mean you got to act up and act out. That's a lie from the pits of hell and the devil is a liar. Because again, I was raised around people that had mental illness and that had emotional disfigurements. I mean, physical disfigurements that their mental illness was obvious. They were special need and special class. They weren't on people talking like they got sense and trying to dictate and tell everybody else what to do like they so super smart or they got all this sense and entitlement. They was people that didn't have those abilities. But you know what? They wasn't cruel and they wasn't mean. They were some kind-hearted people in spite of their mental illness, in spite of their physical, their physical illnesses of disfigurement. So I, I beg the difference when people like to blame their conduct and character on a condition. That's not true. I just think those are just mean-spirited people, and they don't want to change, and they ain't trying to change, and they don't like to change because they think that they're entitled and they're full of bitterness. And they're so bitter with, with the way life turned out that they just mistreat people. So listen to me. If that's you, work on changing, work on release. God bless, and bye for now.